You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. Welcome to the first Fan Friday of 2020. Can you feel the excitement in the air? I can't because we're totally fogged in and here in Halifax is like we had a bunch of snow and then it like rained and it's like nine degrees. So I have no idea what's going on with the weather here. It's very weird, but we are here. It's Friday night. Feelings right. So... What a time to bust out the first Fan Friday edition of Locked On Blue Jays for the 2020 season. As regular viewers will know, every Friday I post something up on Twitter. Y'all get to respond and vote and do whatever the heck you want to that tweet. Just, you know, go to town on it. Anyway, I take your responses. I read them on air. We have healthy debate. Well... Very hard to have healthy debate when it's just me. But I will take your points into consideration and offer my thoughts on them, since I'm guessing that's why you're tuned into this podcast. You know, that deductive reasoning of mine is very strong. Anyway, that will be in the second half of today's podcast. Um, what we're going to talk about is some of the roster move that, th- that the Blue Jays ended up making today. Um, a couple of signings. A lot of spring training invites went out, so I just want to discuss the implications of those during the first half of this podcast. Maybe catch you up if you didn't hear about some of the names that we're going to talk about in this first half. So, let's get to the two names that were brought in, shall we, before we dive into the prospects. Um, The Blue Jays signed a pair of relievers to minor league deals. One of them is going to be familiar to Blue Jays fans. One of them, not really, unless you're a fan of those kind of weird baseball moments. But let's start with the familiar name. Jake Patrishka is back in the Blue Jays organization, signing a minor league deal with the Blue Jays. He's gotten an invite to spring training. It's very likely he's going to start the season in Buffalo, much like he did when he was in the organization in 2018. Um, Blue Jays fans will remember he was decent and that what else can you say like decent is what you aim for just um the former White Sox pitcher um for he's a ground ball specialist uh, had a bit of problems actually doing that with Toronto in 2018 uh posted a 4.53 ERA in 45 and two-thirds innings, so not great. Like, totally mediocre. Uh, Last season, he actually split his time between Milwaukee and Texas, actually got up to the majors with Milwaukee for eight games. Sorry, for six games. Gave him too much credit. He was in six games. He pitched eight innings. That's what I meant. Was all right, 338 ERA. Um... 
a 1.5 whip. So compare that to the 1.62 whip he put up with Toronto. He's still giving up a lot of contact and it's still finding its way through for hits. He was uh, very decent in San Antonio, which is Milwaukee's AAA club, which, I mean, you'd think between Milwaukee and Texas, Texas would have had San Antonio on lockdown, but nope. So he had a 189 ERA in 16 appearances with San Antonio, got uh, released from his minor league deal to pursue other opportunities, signed with Texas, and did not make the most of it there. A 5.06 ERA with Nashville in his time there in 26 and two-thirds innings. So, you know, the Blue Jays are just kind of taking a shot here on a guy who they're familiar with, who could be a valuable arm to have in Buffalo to help mentor some of those younger guys who are down there. Obviously, John Axford hasn't been brought back yet, so it could fall on guys like Patrichka, to to be that mentorship for some of the younger guys who we're going to talk about a little later on. Um, the second minor league signing the Blue Jays made today is a left-hander, which I have been calling for, but it's not Harlan Garcia. He's still not Harlan Garcia. When will it be Harlan Garcia? I don't know. Anyway, instead... The Blue Jays announced earlier today they signed Brian Moran to a minor league deal. Now, if the name does sound familiar to you, you might be thinking of Pittsburgh Pirates third baseman Colin Moran. Brian's his older brother, and the two actually made history last season. Brian was called up by Miami for his first taste of major league action at the age of 30. And ended up pitching against his brother in a game and promptly struck Colin out. So just, you know, always good to kind of get one over on your younger sibling. I mean, no matter what age you're at, kind of hoping I can do something similar to my brother tonight. Because he's, he's gotten way too big for his britches with all the frigging Super Smash Brothers. Like... Like, I can't beat him at that. He has a kid, and he just plays that, like, all the time. And I I can't touch him. And I don't have the time or effort to try to touch him at Super Smash Brothers. So, I don't know. I just have to try and take him in Pokemon or something. But, anyway, I'm getting off track. Brian Moran is a lefty. He had, he's actually been in the Toronto organization before as well, but only for a few days because the Blue Jays actually claimed him from Seattle in the 2013 Rule 5 draft, then immediately traded him to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of Los Angeles. He then went to underwent Tommy John surgery, got returned to Seattle, claimed again, this time by Cleveland, and then got returned to Seattle. So Brian Moran, a two-time Rule 5 claimee. So... Obviously, a lot of potential there, but the Tommy John injury really derailed him, kind of sent him spiraling a little bit. He went to the independent leagues to find himself before resurfacing with my, well, I shouldn't say resurfacing. He finally surfaced 
with Miami last season, got into 10 games, posted a 426 ERA, a 1.263 whip, which is a little more attractive than Jake Patrishka. The The main concern I have with a guy like Brian Moran is he is very reliant on placement. He's not an overpowering lefty. He he has to try and be able to fool people. He has two pitches that he, that he uses. He has a fastball that tops out about 84, 85 miles per hour, and then a slider that comes in at 72. So he's definitely a change of pace kind of pitcher, you know, after you put in your flamethrower who's chucking 95, 96. Moran comes in to get to kind of switch up the batter eye. Do I think he has an opportunity to do that with Toronto? Probably not unless there is a rash of injuries, which it's the Blue Jays, so it could very well happen. But again, what this does is it gives the Blue Jays another veteran arm to stash at Buffalo just in case rebuilding that depth. The old saying is there's no such thing as a bad minor league signing. And Brian Moran definitely falls into that, along with Jake Patrishka, along with some of the other signings that we've seen from the Blue Jays. They're all going to get their shot at spring training, and if they perform, that's great. You know, uh, Javi Guerra was, was on the same deal last year, and he was able to parlay that into a World Series ring. So it could happen to you, Brian Moran. That's That's the takeaway from last year. That seems to be the MO. Start with Toronto and then get traded to a World Series contender. And that's that's how you have the success there. Speaking of success, we're going to look at some of the names hoping to find some success for the Blue Jays in spring training this season when we come back from this message. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with you on this episode, the Fan Friday episode of Locked On Blue Jays, the first one of 2020. Um, Just uh, something I have to correct from the first half of our segment. I said Brian Moran was a two-time draftee of the Rule 5 process. Actually a three-time because he signed a minor league deal with Atlanta and then got drafted by Baltimore. In the 2016 draft, so he's a three-time claimee. That, I'm not sure if that's a record or not, but it's impressive. Anyway, with those signings adding to a busy Blue Jays offseason, I asked you, the fans, what you thought of the Blue Jays offseason so far. I asked you to give it a grade. Um, A, B to C+, C to D, or F, and I had to do four because Twitter only allows you four because, as we state on this program, Twitter is dumb. So, it was actually a very overwhelming result. 78% of all voters gave the Blue Jays a solid B, C plus for their offseason. 18% went with an A. 4% said C or D, and nobody flunked the Blue Jays, which is a stark contrast from last season. I got a lot of Fs on that one. But just want to read some of the comments here since y'all took time to do so. We got some. Um, we'll start with Fiddlesticks at Fiddlesticks, F-I-D-L-S-T-Y-X, the more occult way of spelling sticks. 
They say good offseason, would have liked an upgrade in center, and not sold on Travis Shaw, but they're hopeful Teoscar Hernandez carries over his fine performance from the second half. This is hopefully a winning team. Solid B. I think it's going to be a winning team. I'm a little more bullish on the Blue Jays than a lot of the sources that I've seen in the offseason, but I think, again, you have to factor in that Baltimore is going to be terrible, Boston's going to be terrible, well... Boston's going to be bad, not terrible, but that's a solid 25-30 wins right there against those those teams. You play against Yale Central. The Tigers are bad. The Royals are bad. Don't know what state Cleveland's going to be in. Um, You look out west, the Mariners are still the Mariners. So it should be very easy to with the added talent to make the Blue Jays a winning team. We're actually going to talk about the outfield in a sec because we have some comments on that. The outfield has been a bit of a sore spot for fans. That's why they're not really getting those A marks that we're seeing. Anonymous source at Miles Higgins. Not so anonymous, I guess, but um, they give a B plus some good moves to shore up pitching, but there needs to be a change in the outfield. They also need a big bat veteran hitter to solidify the middle of the order. Had hoped they could find both in one player, but not sure an option existed this offseason, so it can't be faulted for that. Um, I'm, I'm going to pile on the outfield woes here, um, because friend of the show, at Leslie Nope, also chimed in. Sorry, at Leslie underscore nope. I I have to remember those underscores because Twitter is dumb. Leslie also gives them a B plus because they got Ryu and some more pitching, but the outfield is still a giant smoldering crater. Her words, not mine. And that that's something I think we're going to dive into a little bit more next week. Just the state of the Blue Jays outfield. But I I'm going to say right now, just a little preview, I guess. Um, I think the Blue Jays want to see what they have, um, particularly in the guys who don't have options anymore. I think they want to give them a shot to earn their spot. And if they don't turn out the way they should, then that's when they're going to start looking at the trade market. That's when they're going to start looking at guys who haven't signed a deal. Um, hashtag bring Puig to Toronto. Um, you know, Start start looking at replacing those guys, trying to upgrade those guys. But I think they want to give them another shot because they're still young. Teoscar's still young. Fisher is still young-ish. Anthony Alford's out of options. He's still young. I think they want to give them a shot to get that outfield spot. If they prove they're not ready, then they will move on. I, I see no problem with that strategy. This is not the year you're trying to win anyway. Um, Brody Cottenham at... BRC14 will close this out by saying solid, not a home run, but address some key issues, rotation in particular, like the moves. Now the players need to deliver. And that's exactly what I said with the outfield. So I appreciate the support, Brody. They they have to be able to take a step up. You, you saw players last year like um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like Danny Jansen, like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez in the first half of the season, kind of take steps back. It's going to be on them to to take the confidence that the front office is putting in them by, by delivering an actual starting rotation 
and translating that into wins. They were a good team in September. They were in they were like above average. So it's clear the talent is there. Now they have to grow it and and actualize on it and and make it work for them. So thank you all for those lovely submissions. Going to talk about the non-roster invitees right quick. Obviously, the big name everyone is focusing on is Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson headlines the 12 players that were chosen. He's a non-roster invite now. He probably will not be by the time we're in we're into summer. And man, I miss summer. Ah, oh, winter sucks. But Pearson's on there. Um, along with four other pitchers. Ty Tice, who was a relief ace for Buffalo last season. Brian Baker, who Toronto acquired in the Sung Juan O deal, was kind of effective between New Hampshire and Buffalo last season. Um, the two left-handers they've they've added are Travis Bergen and Kirby Sneed, who are probably the strongest in-house candidates to challenge Thomas Pannone for that lefty reliever slot in the bullpen. Um, we'll see what Bergen learned from his time in San Francisco, um, being on the major league roster there. I'd really like to see a solid spring training from Kirby Snead. I think he has the stuff to be a lefty guy at the major league level, but he's got to be able to maintain the stamina to do it over a full season. He can't just peter out like he did last year at Buffalo. Um, two catchers, Riley Adams, Alejandro Kirk, both very well-regarded prospects in the organization. They're just going to swap through catchers for spring training. That's That ain't going to be a thing. They're going to have five, at least, like most teams. Infielders Nash Knight, Kevin Smith, and Logan Warmoth were selected. This is going to be probably make or break for Logan Warmoth if he wants to prove he's He's a part of the Blue Jays' future. He has to start showing it. Otherwise, it it just looks like a wasted pick on the North Carolina kid. Um, Kevin Smith showed a bit of power in 2018, kind of dropped off a little last year. He needs a bounce-back performance as well. And then Josh Palacios and Forrest Wall are the outfield invites. Wall's a real dark horse candidate for that center field spot. If he shows out in spring training, he can be a speed guy atop the Blue Jays lineup. That would make him very valuable. He's probably going to have to fight Anthony Alford for that spot. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. Palacios, this is kind of his first real taste of major league action. But the Blue Jays are very high on Palacios. So this probably won't be the first time he's invited to spring training. And that will do it. I'll I'll try uh, to have friend of the show Ryan Miller on at some point to go more in depth on those guys that I just mentioned. But we are running out of time on this episode, as as the fan Fridays tend to do. Always the the longest episode of the week, but that's because they're the most fun because I get to talk kind of with you guys in an indirect way. So thank you to Leslie and Brody and Miles. And fiddlesticks for sending in those comments. If you want to get involved in the show like those fine Twitterati did, uh, follow me on there at A underscore J underscore Andrews. As stated before on this episode, the underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you'll find Locked on Blue Jays. So Subscribe and make sure you don't miss an episode. 
and follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Locked On Blue Jays. Um, you can get in touch with us through those methods. And yeah, that that was a good that was a good first Fan Friday outing. I'm I think we shook off the rust pretty well. I think we got a lot of co- good content in there, and I look forward to doing it next week. So for Everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com. I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.